feeling like you're juggling endless tasks from content to proposals and everything in between? And if just thinking about adding content marketing to your list overwhelms you even more, I've got something for you. Introducing the Ultimate AEC Content Marketing Starter Kit, your jumpstart to content marketing success. It's all about the four crucial decisions to clarify your plan and kickstart your content creation journey. I've walked your path since 2005, managing marketing and proposal deadlines. That's why I've crafted this kit to make your journey just a bit smoother. Let's face it, just getting started is often the hardest part, especially with new strategies. The Ultimate AEC Content Marketing Starter Kit leads you through those vital early steps. It's about getting growth clarity, understanding your dream audience, and turning your existing content into pure gold. Are you ready to jumpstart your content marketing game? Visit marketerstakeflight.com forward slash starter kit and snag your ultimate AEC content marketing starter kit. Let's conquer the content world one campaign at a time. Grab your starter kit now over at marketerstakeflight.com forward slash starter kit. Well, hello there, marketers. I'm popping in here real quick before the episode to celebrate that this is the 50th episode of the Marketers Take Flight podcast. And I'm a huge believer that we need to celebrate wins and milestones, big and small. So I'm literally tooting my own horn with this celebration. I also wanted to take a moment to thank you, everyone who has listened to an episode, come on as a guest, everyone who's left a review or shared this podcast with someone else. It's all because of all of you that I keep doing this. This show is a real labor of love. And I'm so thankful that when I put it out into the world, it's helping marketers across the country improve their professional and hopefully personal lives as well. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Okay, let's get into the episode. It's a good one. Grab a piece of paper and a pen because you're definitely going to want to take some notes. Hey there, welcome to the Marketers Take Flight podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Diven, founder of Marketers Take Flight and the creator of the Proposal Pro course. I am obsessed with helping AEC marketers just like you put order back into the proposal process, create winning strategies, and build the confidence and courage to advance your career. Each week, I will be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews to fly through the proposal turbulence and have your career take off. So let's dive right in. Did you know that a quarter of people abandon their New Year's resolutions after just one week? That's 25%. After three weeks, the number of people giving up increases to 29%. And after one month, it increases again to 36%. So by the time you are listening to this podcast, over a third of us have already abandoned our New Year's resolutions. Another interesting statistic is that the average person makes the same New Year's resolution 10 separate times without success. You can count me in that number. Up until this year, I have made the same resolution each year to lose the baby weight from my youngest child, from having my youngest child, and she just turned 12. 
So why do we keep setting New Year's resolutions? And why are we so awful at them? (laughs) Well, there's actually some science around this. So let me explain a little bit more. Do you ever wonder why we pick New Year's to think about the previous year and what the upcoming year holds for us? We spend this time of the year dreaming of what we can become, or in my case, how much weight I can lose. We are more likely to pursue new achievements based on big moments on the calendar year. Think days like New Year's Day, birthdays, life transitions, maybe like the start of a new school year or maybe a new board year or fiscal year at your work. All these inspire us to set big new goals. And researchers actually call this the fresh start effect. But resolutions don't work. Why? Well, because they focus on what we were unable to achieve last year. Setting them most likely will make us feel good in the moment. Maybe while you're holding that glass of champagne, you know, at 11 p.m. on New Year's Eve, maybe wearing a very sparkly dress. But as you can see from the stats I, you know, I mentioned earlier, they fade very quickly. Before long, we forget about them, or worse, when we do think about them, we feel like a failure all over again. And who needs all that extra self-guilt, right? We may even self-sabotage. We may even self-sabotage ourselves. Like in my case, maybe I feel guilty, so I go and eat some pizza and drink some wine. Or we tell ourselves that change is impossible. Okay, so you may be thinking, great, I've already abandoned my New Year's resolution, but I'm not alone because we all have. But what should I do now? Well, if you want to, if you want to a fresh start that turns into one of your greatest years, you need a proven goal achievement system. And that's what I'm going to introduce in the next part of this episode. I am officially giving you permission to ditch your New Year's resolutions. But first, you have to promise to listen to the rest of this episode and go through the exercise that I'm going to describe. Are you ready? Okay, let's dive in. What I want you to do is take your resolutions and your aspirations and turn them into powerful, compelling, written goals using a seven-step framework. Okay, you probably have heard of SMART goals. They have five attributes, one for each of the letter in the, in the SMART word. And this framework was actually originally pioneered by General Electric GE in the 1980s. But to take it further and turn it into a goal achievement system, Michael Hyatt expanded the original SMART system into a smart, smarter system, smarter. This smarter goal framework is built on a simple premise. How goals are written matters. To be most effective, every goal must meet the seven criteria. And so what are these seven criteria? So SMARTER is an acronym that stands for specific, measurable, actionable, risky, time-bound, exciting, and relevant. Okay, so should we dive into each? Okay, let's go. So first up is specific. The more specific we are, the more likely we are to engage our focus. 
Vague goals don't inspire us, but specific goals get our creative juices flowing. Let me give you an example. You might have a goal or might know somebody that has a goal that says learn in design. That might even be one of your goals. Is that specific? No, InDesign is a very powerful product with tons of different capabilities and features, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to narrow it down. Maybe something like complete the Udemy course called InDesign Magazine and Document Designing. Now that's pretty specific and could be helpful for your proposal designs. I mean, that sounds like a pretty awesome class. Um, I just Googled it, you know, to give you an example, but I kind of want to take it now. I digress. Other vague goals I hear often around our industry are increase revenue or start digital marketing or lose weight, maybe like my goal, right? Um, That I mentioned earlier. These are aspirations and they don't really lend themselves to action. Specificity is essential. Okay, next up is measurable. And the word, you know, there's the old adage, you can't improve what you can't measure. Quantifying results makes it possible to measure your progress and your success. Without some sort of measurement, who can tell you if you've accomplished your goal? For example, it's not helpful or expiring to say you want to make more money this year than last year. How much more? There's a big difference between, you know, your typical cost of living raise and getting a new job or a promotion that increases your salary by 15 or 20%. By making the goal measurable, you establish the criteria for success. Another important reason for making your goal measurable is that it helps you track your progress. You can set markers and milestones along the way. And seeing your progress is motivating to keep you going. Conversely, if you fall a little behind, you can then see it and course correct as needed. So let me tell you a real life example that happened like this month. One of my annual goals is to attend three exercise classes per week for the entire year. That equates to 156 total classes. And if you break it down into quarter one, that's 39 classes in quarter one one of my milestones. And as many of us has maybe experienced, my family was hit with COVID in January and I, you know, have been unable to exercise for going on about three weeks now. Now I'm back. I'm feeling a lot better. So I recalculated the number of weeks left in quarter one and how many classes I need to make up, pretty much increasing my three per week to four per week with a couple of weeks of five per week for quarter one. Now, if I didn't use this framework, I would have most likely just ditched this goal with all of my previous year's resolutions because I just was out for three weeks. Now with the system and a measurable element of it, I can recalculate and get back on track. And in quarter two, the clock will reset and I'm back down to three exercise classes per week. So that was measurable, not only to see if you have success, but to track your progress and recalculate along the way. Next up is actionable. Because goals are 
fundamentally what you're going to do, it's important to get clear on the primary action. And a great way to do this is to make sure the goal begins with an action verb instead of a being verb. Strong action verbs include those like eliminate, attend, create, or finish. Non-actionable goals start with words like be, have, or become. So let me give you an example so you can hear the difference. One goal could be be consistent in saving money. Okay, that's okay. A better way to write that would be deposit 10% of each paycheck into my savings account. The second sentence or the second goal began with an action verb, deposit. It was a very action oriented. I hope you can hear the difference between that. Okay, next up is risky. You might be familiar with the SMART goals, you know, the R, be realistic. (laughs) Um, We've changed that to risky because like realistic and realism is overrated. You know, we will, as humans, like hold back when things are easy. We get bored and we stop progressing. And it's really like we're made to like get excited or get engaged when we're struggling or there's a challenge. So you want your goal to be somewhat risky, but how much risk is enough? You'll know you're, it's risky enough when you start feeling emotions that are usually associated with negativity, like fear, uncertainty, maybe a doubt mixed with a little bit of excitement. Or put it another way, if you know exactly how to achieve your goal, it's probably not big or risky enough. If you want to really win, you must go beyond your natural urge to play it safe. You have to move into your discomfort zone. Okay, let me give you an example. An example of a eh, blah, less risky, play it safe goal could be something like increase client satisfaction by 2%. A riskier, but more exciting and scary in a good way goal could be increase client satisfaction by 25%. That might get your creative juices flowing, be like, okay, we got to increase by 25%. What kind of ideas can we do? How can we, you know, really raise the bar? And you might even have felt a little uneasy with just hearing those examples. And that's a good thing. That's when you know you're tapping into something really great. Okay, so that was risky. Next up is the T, and the T stands for time bound. We all know the way deadlines work. They drive us to get the work done. Proposal deadlines or goal deadlines, they work the same way. They are time markers that facilitate our focus and add urgency to our work. Near-term deadlines tend to drive productivity and distant deadlines tend to encourage procrastination. And us, if you're involved in proposals, you understand this. So let me give you an example. Let's say your goal is to rewrite the resume bios for all of your principals at your firm. Great. That's a great goal. How high of a priority would that be if you had all year to do it and you had no due date? Now, let's say you take that goal and we add a time bound to it. So that goal is rewritten to say, 
rewrite the resume bios for all of your principals by the end of quarter one. That ending time helps you prioritize this action into your daily and weekly activities. It drives you to action. This is another opportunity to move you into your own discomfort zone. It's real easy and comfortable to give yourself a distant deadline, but these distant deadlines discourage action. If you've ever heard that scientific theory that work expands um, to fill the time allotted, the opposite is true. The shorter time you have, your focus and your concentration will increase to get it done in that shorter time frame. And again, we know this because proposals, right? We, we, we get it done. So take that same mentality to your goals. Okay, so next up is the E and smarter, and that's for exciting. Your goals should inspire you, should give you internal motivation. The problem is, and I'm guilty of this too, is that we set goals that we think are good for us, or maybe goals other people think are good for us. Maybe our spouses, our friends, our bosses, society, and so on. The trick is to set goals that are not only personally important, but personally inspiring. Let's face it, if the goal doesn't excite you or inspire you, you re- are you really going to push through when things get tough or you get too busy? So ask yourself, does this goal inspire me? Does it get me excited? Am I willing to make it happen? You might even ask yourself if you find it fun. Let me go back to my my example of my exercise classes. I switched my goal up from walking every day because I got bored. I need the social interaction. I wanted to go to exercise classes with my friends. So I switched my goal and I rewrote it to something that I'm excited. And I didn't say what type of exercise class because I want to try new things. I want to try some Pilates, some spin, some hot yoga. I don't know. But I just want to go to three a week. So it was exciting for me. Okay, so that was E, exciting. They have to be exciting. Next up is the second R, and that is relevant. Let's face it, for your goals to work, they need to be aligned with what's going on in your current season of life, both your personal life and your work or professional life. You'll, you know, so you want to look at each goal and then you'll also want to look at all of your goals collectively um, at this time to see how they work or together or possibly contradict each other. That's why relevant is the last part of the framework. It serves as a check to make sure, you know, this risky or exciting goal is actually achievable during this time for you. Let me give you an example. Let's say one of your goals is to pay down 50% of your student loans this year. That's a great goal. However, if you have another goal to save $25,000 for a down payment on a ho- on a home or travel to Europe for a 14-day vacation, you might run into some issues. Those all of those goals take a lot of money and may work against each other. So you want to make sure that the goals work together. Another example is your season in life. If you have young kids and are working full-time, your season of life and the time and the energy that you have is going to be a lot different 
than an empty nester whose kids just left for college. You need to set goals that are relevant to your current circumstances and interests. Okay, that's the smarter framework. Specific, measurable, actionable, risky, time-bound, exciting, and relevant. The smarter goal framework works for the creation of any type of goal. And even if you already have goals in your mind or written, take them through this framework. You'll be amazed at how much clearer you'll become on the steps to get started to achieve them once they go through this framework. Okay, so your next question might be, how many goals should I set? You might have big aspirations or want to achieve a lot. I find that a lot of my listeners are high achievers. Yes, I'm talking to you. But sometimes our aspirations are far bigger than our calendars. So be careful and watch your bandwidth. It's recommended um, by the goal experts to set no more than eight goals per year. Eight goals. And that includes both your personal So if you have home goals, fitness goals, saving goals, and professional goals. So eight per year, all goals together. That totals up to eight. You can always add more goals as you complete goals, but overloading your goal list will undermine your focus. So that's the smarter system, smarter goal achievement system. I want you to take some time to think about the system and come up with a few goals. You know, maybe just start with one. Actually write them down and review them on a regular basis. And to help you get started with writing them down, I've created a smarter goal, a smarter system goal template. You can find it over on the show notes page over at marketerstakeflight.com forward slash 50, 50th episode shout out. And if you already have goals, run them through the smarter system to make them better. I am cheering for you to achieve your goals. And I know that writing them down using the smarter system will give you a great head start. So for more information about the smarter system and the smarter goal worksheet, head over to the show notes page, marketerstakeflight.com forward slash 50. And once you have your goals written, Sometimes it's hard to connect those annual goals to your daily actions. If you're struggling with that, or maybe your goal seems like an impossible dream and you don't even know where to start, to help you make measurable progress toward the goals that matter to you, to eliminate inescapable distractions, and to turn your dreams into goals with clear next steps to accomplish them, I am hosting a live workshop. In this workshop, you'll learn how to connect your annual goals that that you just wrote using the smart system, smarter system, to connect those goals to daily actions, to create constraints to complete the right task, and to say goodbye to those Sunday scaries. The live workshop will be held on March 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern via Zoom and is limited to only 20 people because it's going to be very interactive with um, where you're actually going to be doing some work in the in the workshop. 
Registration is open now and can be found at marketerstakeflight.com forward slash achieve. Again, that's marketerstakeflight.com forward slash achieve. Okay. So tell me, friends, how did you like this episode? It was a little bit longer and more of a lesson that you can listen to as you're writing your goals. Let me know what you think by leaving me a comment over on the show notes page. Until next time, bye for now.